up everyone welcome back to another episode of the source of zeal podcast on this episode we sit down with blue robin to talk about his current campaign the love decoded in addition to that we go a little bit of detail about his history on where he gets his inspiration where does the drive or his creative drives come from and he shares a bit of his own personal story so i hope y'all enjoy So, Blue, we're just starting a new month, which we're finally getting into the spring, which doesn't exactly feel like it because we're still in the midst of a pandemic. But we just thought it would be a good idea to focus on you a little bit more as an influencer, since your background, which, of course, Mike and I know pretty well, really covers like the three tenets of the work that we do around community engagement, that economic development, the educational aspects, and, of course, well-being. But... If you could walk us through just the history of Blue Robin, more or less, you know, talk us through your your journey as an artist. Where does when when did it start? Where did the the passion come from? And just let our audience know a little bit more about you and how you started. Okay, um, all right. So I'm gonna try to make this long story as as to the point as possible, um, but. Ever since I can remember, I've been drawing and and doodling and and kind of creating something. Uh, it started out when I was younger. Uh, that was kind of the way in which I was able to communicate um, the most was by creating something or working on a piece. Um, it also kind of kept me out of a lot of trouble uh, as much as it could. Uh, I transitioned from that as I got older, went to school. Uh, went to school for both design and art. Once I got into, I would say, the real world and the working world, that's kind of when everything started to kind of take off. And I really started to dive a lot into it. Now, when you say this all started when you were younger, like how young are we talking about? And you mentioned, obviously, in past episodes, you're not from, you live in the DMV now, but you're from Philly. What part of Philly? Did you actually grow up in just so we like really get the, the feel of what your background entails? All right. So I'm originally from Uptown, West Oak Lane, to be exact, uh, area of Philadelphia. Uh, I grew up where there was murals everywhere. So everywhere I walk, um, especially when you're in the inner city and when you're downtown and different parts, there's murals all over the walls. There's graffiti, like beautiful graffiti art everywhere. So I constantly grew up around that all the time. And then as a kid, Cartoons were what we watched all the time. Cereal boxes had illustrations everywhere. So to me, I always saw that art all around me. So it was just natural for me to kind of um, find a way to kind of tap into that aspect. What's your like earliest memory, right? So I'm hearing that you just had art all around you. It was all over the city. It was on cereal boxes. What's like your earliest memory of either, I guess, paint or that doodle, like what, what's the, what's the throwback memory that you have a throwback experience you had with art or starting to actually dive into art? So I remember I was in second grade and like I would say from kindergarten all the way up, you're always, you always get these different assignments to draw different things in class and everybody's drawing, everybody's coloring everything. I was in second grade and I started to look at my pieces and compare them to my my like my my fellow classmates and I looked around and I was like, huh, 
I think I might be kind of good at this because my stuff is standing out a little bit more <laughs> more than theirs. And uh, my 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 animals actually look like animals, and my people actually look like people. So um, I think that's when it was. And then we had uh, in my elementary school, we had this contest that we did. Um, that was in the entire school. So I went to a private school. So the school went from kindergarten all the way up to eighth grade. And so all the classes were um, entered into this contest where they drew uh, some type of uh, image or so. And I drew this large size piece, which was just as big as me. The paper was just as big as me at the time. And I drew of uh, St. Nicholas or Santa Claus, however um, you want to depict it. And the piece was like off the chain. And my grandma's still upset about that to this day because we entered it into the contest. I actually won and beat out a lot of upperclassmen as well. I was in one of the top five out of the whole school. Um, and then they said they were supposedly, quote unquote, taking my piece to put it into some other show. And then the piece just vanished and never we never received it again. But I think that was probably wow. my, yeah, that was my earliest uh, memory where I was like, all right, I, I can, I can kind of do this. So more or less, you. My thought was to ask you who put the the pencil in your hand. So more or less, that came from school, it wasn't? Or was it another person that was like, "Hey, here's here's a color pencil. Here's some markers. Just go at it." So I would say the the I got the pencil in my hand from my grandmother because she was a, a she worked in the school so she always would bring home scrap paper and we had pens and and whatnot all throughout the house and I guess th instead of having us to get a bunch of toys she would say here's some paper do something so we would just flip the paper over and and draw on it so that was pretty much what I used to kind of keep myself busy and the more time I spent with that the the better I got at it. So then once it translated to doing it in school, it was kind of like, oh, I do this all the time at home. So this isn't a, this isn't a problem at all. Now, you you mentioned you were drawing people and animals and actually look like people and animals. You want to you're a top contender in, in a school wide contest and you drew St. Nicholas. So here's a loaded question. That's talking about you in your K through six years. And now, obviously, you're an adult. How have you seen your life experience really impact your art? And whether that's just from the subjects, from the styles, how walk us through what that has looked like. So I've always been a person who's been curious um, and curious of, of knowledge and of information and of learning. So I've always been in a space where I constantly do research. When someone tells me something, even since being a little kid, I'm always going to look it up and going to check it and to challenge it, which got me into a lot of trouble in school, mainly because teachers don't really want that student that's in there constantly asking questions. And then if I ever especially growing up when I ever I, I've noticed that the teacher didn't know something and I knew it, I kind of just had a field day with that. And I would just kind of like, I guess, dig them into holes. Um, and that would get me into a lot of trouble. So I would say 
I say that to say that when it comes to art, I do the same thing with it where I'm constantly looking and I'm constantly exploring and challenging myself to be better than I was yesterday and to take more information and find a way to cram all that into my art. So when I first started out, um, it was a lot of copying and, and um, mimicking different things that I saw in, in front of me. And I really had trouble with trying to express uh my own truth and my own story because I was just kind of reciting other stories that were told to me. So that would be copying comics, that would be copying imagery um, and just kind of constantly doing that. So I think as I progressed and really started to, to tap into what is it that I'm trying to say, I drifted away from copying and more into becoming a true creator where now I have a story and I'm trying to find the best way to convey that story to my audience. And you've talked on our podcast multiple times now about being a teacher. How has your experience and just your approach to art, how does that then impact you as an art teacher with, with your students, whether they are, uh, whether they're kids or if they are young adults, just depending on obviously their journey, but how have you seen that play out? in helping others understand their artistic eye. Okay, so I say teaching and coaching are two sides of the same coin. And so I, I, the reason I brought up coaching is because I also say, and to me, that's the same thing. And I think going through teaching in a perspective as a coach, um, I think is a, is a better way to move with it, mainly because um, as a coach, you can't do the work for them. You can tell them different methods, but at the end of the day, it's really up to them. And it's your job to pull out them. Like it's your job to pull out their true self in whatever sport or whatever activity they're doing. So I think as a teacher, I've learned a lot from not as good teachers um, as I as I have from like real good teachers. Mainly the one thing I think that's extremely important is that you don't you don't try to control your student to become another version of you. You have to give them the space in order for them to be themselves and for them to learn. And sometimes learning means stumbling. Sometimes learning means falling flat on your face. Sometimes learning means thinking that you're, you're trapped, but then finding a way out of that trap. So I would say whenever it comes to how I teach my students, I say, look, this is how the tool can be used. But you can also find another way to use that tool as well. Don't let the tool use you. You use the tool. Now, I think that's, that's sound advice. I, yeah. I know that when it comes to artists, it's always about the inspiration. And so yeah. how do you usually get your inspiration or what typically inspires you? I know that sometimes there are some artists where their best inspiration or their best work comes from like a current event. There's others where it has to be something that's very personal. And there's others where they just see an object and then their mind does the rest. But when you think about how you really um, derive from inspiration, how would you describe your process or what really gets you going to produce the pieces that you produce? So there are, like what you said was was on point, like a lot of artists do do the current event and then some go with uh, what's a little bit more personal to, to them. Because I tend to be a person who spends a lot of time in my own head and in my own space, I feel as though for me to be true, I have to go within. 
some people who are more connected in terms of with what's going on in the media and everything that's happening in real time, I feel like they're better reporters for the news and that's where their, their strength lies. And so I allow them to do what they do because they do it well. And so for me, my inspiration comes from my own life and my own story and pretty much just telling my story. And the reason why I kind of drift into that is because what I start as I grew and as I kind of got a little bit more into myself, I realized that my story helps a lot of people because there's a lot of people who feel as though um, that life can be hopeless and that they're going through a whole lot of things and they don't necessarily know that there is another side or there is an other side to the trauma or the issues that they deal with. So by me sharing my story and how I um, deal with certain things and then how sometimes I'm still dealing with certain things and doing that in an art form, it, it puts it in a, in a way that people can digest it without it being so um, aggressive. Yeah, I mean, that's major for sure. Are you willing to share or like how relatable you're, you're saying that your life, your life story can be very relatable to others throughout the heavy T word trauma. Mm-hmm. What can you share or what do you, what do you feel comfortable sharing? I guess along those lines, just for our, for our audience that doesn't exactly know your background, don't have to go too in depth, but I mean, that's, that's a, a major point that I know I've been able to see your students and others that really enjoy your art really be able to make a connection to, but mm-hmm. what can you share? Or what are you able to share on, along those lines of you specifically? Ah, so I've the reason, all right, so I'm, I'm going to try to share something. Uh, I, I guess I didn't want to, sh- I don't, I didn't want it's I'm okay with sharing anything. Um, and there's a lot of stuff out there within like on um, different platforms and with other stuff where I kind of go into depth, but a lot of the different stories can take up a lot of time. But I guess the one thing I would share that's a major thing, which is the loss of uh, my mother and then also within the following year, losing my grandfather. And so losing my mother and then losing the male figure that was in my life and then being raised by my grandmother um, who had to raise us like as a single parent um so that in itself was just a traumatic experience and that's something in which i had to kind of find a way to navigate through and in process um and then still find a way to still be like in love with life and not use that as something that becomes a crutch or a reason for me to not um prevail or to not succeed yeah that makes a lot of sense because clearly that those events alone and in themselves are life altering, life changing. But obviously when you have to endure as much as you have in such a short period of time in the really formative years of your life, obviously that's, that's a lot. So I appreciate you sharing that for those who who don't know it or didn't know it already to your art itself. Right. So April, which just ended was your love decoded campaign. What was it? How did it come to fruition and, and how did it go from in your in your eyes? So again, what happened was it was it was literally right before the pandemic hit. It seemed like it was a wave of things that it, that started happening. So a lot of stuff started happening with me in terms of with like old uh, traumas, triggers started happening. 
life was kind of like going a little crazy. And then all of a sudden it just stopped because of the pandemic. And so what that did was it kind of sent me in a spiral where I kind of like, like I kind of went down and went under. And so I had to figure out a way to, to get out of the the space in which I was in. But I also knew that there was a lot of people going through similar situations and that were dealing with a lot of things on their own. And the only way I really know how is to go back into my art. Um, and it's funny because one of uh, uh, my my mentors or so, uh, Pancho, I had did something. Um, I had did the quarantine with him uh, a year a year ago, and one of the things he kept like stressing to me was like, "Look, your art is your therapy, and you need to be making sure you spending more time doing therapy." and I kind of looked at him and I was like, no, nah, man, I'm creating, I'm, I'm doing this. Like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, yes. He's like, nah, I can tell you're not, you're not, you're not creating as much as you need. And so I listen to things. I may not respond right away when people say things, but I, I tend to process it. And that was something that kind of stuck with me. And then when I felt like I was at the bottom, I was like, you know what, let me just go back into what has gotten me through all these years. And then I just started really going into my art. And so it's not necessarily just the visual aspect of it, but it's the story too. And so what I decided to do was me being an artist of love, like I was like, look, sometimes people, like a lot of people go around using the word, but they don't necessarily understand it. So let me decode it in all of my pieces. And so I have pieces that I have had just waiting for the perfect opportunity to present them to the world. And I've been creating, and I was like, well, I'm going to create new pieces during this process, but I'm also need to create this story and this narrative that I can share um, with, with my audience and with those who might need it. And so what I started doing was literally decoding all the pieces and I would post a piece and then I would write a deep, like a decoding message about like what form of love this piece is talking about and how, um, how this is connected to me personally and and then kind of started sharing that this mic i caught the campaign and i liked all the pieces that you created and kind of wanted to highlight a couple a few of them that really caught my eye that i actually went back and kind of had to sit back and kind of look at it digest it and it made me have some more questions on you know where did you get the inspiration to make these particular pieces and kind of where were you going when you were creating them? Uh, so, like the first piece that I liked was the blood, sweat, and tears piece. Okay, let me l- tell me a little bit about like what that piece was saying to you, and then I'll go into like um, my inspiration and kind of how I I went about that. Yeah, so like that piece, I think looking at the piece original uh, first, you know, w- without even reading like the description. It gave me like the concept of, I guess, when I saw it, I thought it was more reflective of the pain that you may, like someone may be going through because how, how, you know, how strong it looks. But then, you know, kind of reading the, the what you included in when you decoded the piece, you know, I got a better understanding of it of, okay, you know, when they say blood, sweat and tears, how... You have to put in so much time and effort in whatever you want to do, whatever you see that is your passion or whatever you have that motivation to in your life to complete. Uh, you have to put in that effort. You have to put in um, the time. You're going to go through difficult times, uh, times that may you may put yourself down. And I think you may not 
externally actually bleed, but like internally you may get hurt throughout that process because you may lose, you know, whatever it may be, you may lose your own time. You may lose, you know, something from it because you have put in so much dedication to what you want to complete. So that's kind of what I took from that pitch, from that, from that, um, portrait. Yeah. I mean, you kind of hit it on the nose. Like that's literally what it was. And I think, um, when I was creating this piece back in 2016, my focus at the time was really on, um, like, dealing with a lot of different issues and a lot of different um, situations. And I think that was like the really the first real wave of me kind of processing a lot of stuff. And then when I was thinking about what it is that we need in order for us to be successful and not necessarily success based on anybody's definition, but our own, no matter what that is, it has to come with blood, sweat, and tears. Like that, that blood, meaning that life force, like that energy you have to put into it. That's that, um, like just breathing it, like it has to be like what drives you. And then that sweat, meaning like the lifting of the heavy things and the things that may be a little bit challenging, um, but just kind of muscling through it. And then those tears literally just like the tears don't necessarily have to be of a negative thing. They can be of joy of just the thing of like getting through. And so I wanted to understand, I wanted to create something that kind of represented the combination of those three um, together. Nice. Nice. So then the next piece that I, that kind of caught my eye was the soul piece. Uh, This piece, I mean, I mean, just looking at it, I don't know. I like more of the darker type of um, paintings. And this one, I, don't know, I mean, it was simple colors. But to me, I in my head, I kind of didn't know what I was trying to trying to get out of it or anything. It just caught my eye. Like I just I just saw it, and I was just like, for some reason, I'm gravitated to this one. And then just reading when I read the, the when you decoded it, you know, I got a better understanding. Same thing of just you know, inside, you know, your soul, how you go about yourself, it's, everyone is different. And I think looking at this picture, I mean, looking at this painting, you know, I thought it gave me an idea of kind of maybe the inside the mind of blue, of like how it kind of sees things. Um, And of course, you know, how you see everything is, it's how you see it. But that one really gave me like an insight of like, okay, this might be what blues mind maybe going through in different moments in life. So that's why that piece kind of caught my eye. Okay. This piece can go on so many different levels. Um, I challenge people to like actually look at this piece and then also to do their own research as well too. Um, I'll go a little bit into for me um, what it's saying. So uh, it's the, it's pretty much the, the visual representation of um, as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. And so you have the three pyramids of Egypt, which align perfectly up with Orion's belt. And you have that energy coming from the universe down onto earth. Um, and so when you also look at it, you have the, the Milky Way, which is in the sky. But if you look at it, it's also the Nile um, connecting with the earth as well too. So there's a lot of different things in it. So again, your connection to the bigger, uh, scheme of things and the the universe, as well as understanding that your body and, and where you are currently is, is on earth, but that doesn't mean you need to lose that connection. 
That was deep. <laughs> that was deep. Way different from what kind of what I was envisioning. But no, that that makes a lot more sense in my aspect. Not looking at it and then having your breakdown of it. Um, yeah, yeah, that one, that one was a deep one. But I like. I still like it though. Still like it. No, I mean, but you're not wrong either. So like, yeah. <laughs> your answer was perfect too. Like, you're not wrong. Everything I create has multiple sides, and it, it has multiple yeah. perspectives in which you can kind of look at it. Um, but I just kind of was trying to toss in something that's a little bit different that most people probably wouldn't get that allowed them to to be able to start researching in other directions. Mm-hmm. True, true. So then the next piece that uh, that caught my eye, this one, this one, I don't know, to me, just the way that it looks, everything just is simple, but yet it, it really caught my eye and I don't know, I'm a sucker sometimes for this, uh, is the Love Sees All. Uh, this piece, at least for myself, it connected with me because I think everyone goes through, at one point or another, feeling down upon themselves, you know, feeling down within themselves, you know, whatever it may be, where it comes from relationships, where it comes from stuff at work, Anything of that nature, you know, sometimes you may just get down on yourself. And I think this piece showed showed that. To me, when I saw the person, the person is crying, they're down. But then when you see the tears and you see, and I'm actually just realizing it now, the little flower that's growing from the love, from the from love, like the tears or the pain that you may have may grow to something better in the future. So I know this is something that I currently try to live myself with that. The sun was always is always going to shine, so even during dark times, the sun is always shining. So there's always something better coming after you know dark times or hard times. So this piece kind of connected to me from that aspect. So yeah, I mean that's dope because that 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 it was it was meant to trigger those type of emotions in people, um, and for you to really go there. So I'm, I'm actually happy that that's what it does. Um, me coming from Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love that we have that iconic, like uh, love symbol. Um, and usually when people see that, they think of like couples kissing, they think of like all this, like real, like soft and lovey dovey stuff. And people are always surprised because Philly is a little rough and they like, man, how is this a city of brotherly love? But it's, it's, it's so rough. And the thing I'd be trying to explain to people is that nobody ever said love has to be soft. And nobody ever said love has to be perfect and all and always pleasant. So I, what I wanted to do is try to create something which was almost another iconic symbol, but it was showing the other side of love that most people don't speak on. And it's the fact that it does see all. And so like the fact that it sees all, it's going to encompass every aspect of life. And so those those dark times or those tearful times are needed in order for that flower, in order for that that life to that light to grow or that that for the nutrients to come to be back into it and we shouldn't overlook that or try to push that away or try to deny that because of how important it is for its growth as a whole because without that you don't really appreciate the joy or the greatness that comes from the other side yeah that is yeah that's really like the feeling that i got from this piece as well uh and then the last piece Last piece that kind of hit me, um, I think it was mainly because of the colors. Like I said, just scrolling, seeing seeing the painting is the journey 
the green movers. Uh, this one just just looking at it is so much happening. The colors, um, you know, the different images that are that are painted there, and off rip. Just looking at it, I was just like, I'm trying to get an understanding of what's happening, but really, it's just all the colors and everything that's happening on there that really caught my eye on this one. Um, so this one, it, I, I see it. I kind of when I was reading the the depiction of it. You know how grass is always greener, um, and then just reading that description of it kind of made me think of okay, you know, we always think about oh, what if I went this way, or what if I did this, or or like kind of I should have done that instead of going this. You know, you always have that doubt or that question in your mind, in the back of your mind, of like, did you make the right decision, or was it the right decision for me at that time? And kind of, you know, fall back to the sense of maybe I'm, you know, trying to not live with regrets. Or sometimes people may live with regrets because they think something will be better if they go that route instead of following their heart uh, or kind of what feels best for them. So that's kind of what I picked, what I got out of this painting. Okay. All right. This painting is 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 packed full of a lot of things. Um, I'm going to talk about a little bit of it and... And then just kind of go from there. But I think once the viewers get a chance to look at it, they can kind of add their their twist to it and, and get a little bit more. But um, again, everything you said about the colors and the imagery is extremely important and it's done on purpose. So this piece actually pays homage to a Basquiat piece called Blue Movers, um, which uh, during 2016, I was kind of experimenting with different um, styles, also doing research on different artists and um, I was like, you know what, the, the thing, a lot of his stuff was very childlike in terms of the way he depicted it. And so what I wanted to do was not necessarily mimic his style, but also pay homage to the subject matter. But what I wanted to do was reflect back onto how I created as a child. So these are, this is how some of the images used to look when I first started to draw. And so I wanted to kind of take some of these images and, and kind of create in that style and in that way. Um, and then from there, I wanted to tell the story. So the fact of this, this whole story tells my journey from high school all the way to present day. And so it starts out with a couch, which um, symbolizes the moving aspect of it. And it's the literally taking where you live from one place to the next. So, um, and in high school, the colors were purple and gold and I ran track in high school. And so the, the vehicle in which I used to go to college and to get through college, um, was track as well. So if you notice the, the person carrying it in college has on, um, spikes and he's wearing blue and silver, which were my colors in college. And then from there, I go into uh, the real world where you have a, a man who's dressed in like a, a suit and a tie. Um, he has a ball and chain, which is pretty much all the things that he's told he should believe and all the things he's told he should hold on to. Um, and then from there, he's going to that's what as you leave college, this is what you think. All right, this is how it needs to happen. And then from there, you have the television, which he's carrying to the next person, which is a, is a play on, um, reality is a play on what, what programming you have in terms of with that. And it has the laugh out loud, literally like it's, it's literally all a joke and, and until you really start to, um, understand. And then it has a person who, 
who said he's made he's made it like there's text written on it that says made it and this person is literally looking like skin and bones and then from there right above it you have a, a tombstone which um represents the death of the old belief system of the old thought of the old um processing and then the coming into who you truly are and that's why you literally see the the robin with his bags packed um walking off because now that the robin's born it's time for him to go on the true journey yeah that was kind of like but <laughs> and if you want to go with the the green grass is green on the other side if you notice the the green aspect of it is the darker or the greener i would say would be um the past and then the present is kind of more of a richer green um but when you look at it, it depends on which you see as being greener. And so sometimes in the in the present, you look back at the past and said, man, I'm, I wish I had those days back because of how much how green it looks or how bright it looks right. from the that present perspective. But then when you're in that past, you're looking at how rich that green looks and you're like, man, I can't wait to get there where I don't have to deal with the stuff I'm dealing with currently. So I've always wondered this when you develop a piece. And those who are then viewing the piece don't quite get it or they miss certain aspects. Is that frustrating from the artistic from the artistic point of view or does it vary that maybe that's the point? Like what, what's how do you then receive that? Because Mike, he just highlighted a number of your pieces. He had really great insight, just like how he was receiving it. And then you then came over the top of the explanations. And I'm just curious, like, what does that do from the artist? So, so for me, I think traditionally, a lot of times, um, I know growing up, going to school and different things, it's like, you want to make sure that they get the message you want. And so you have all these different artist talks and these artist write-ups where you're explaining your piece to the to the T and people have to, you want people to get that. What I feel as though is to really build community and connect with people. That is probably the worst um, way to go about doing it. Um, because what happens is you're telling people what they need to think. I actually prefer where people interpret the piece before they hear from me, because then their story is how they perceive it. Just like in terms of like when you're perceiving a situation, you only know how to move within that situation based off of your own life experience. And so I think the pieces aren't necessarily for me, they're for the world to experience. And so once I create it, that was the part where the piece was for me. Um, but once it's out there, I want the people to interpret it the way that they want to interpret it and, um, for them to tell their story because their story sometimes adds to the story of the piece. And so I've had pieces where people will tell me, oh, I see this in it or this, this, and that. And so then when I go to retell the story of the piece, I add in the other part uh, that the person told me about how they experienced it. So now they become part of the story of the piece itself. And so for me, um, I never really have a problem. I know when I first started, I really wouldn't say anything. I let only people talk. But then I realized that it's not about it being one-sided on either direction. It's a combination of the two. So there's a combination of people talking and then me sharing my portion of it and then those two meeting in the middle. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you did say, you know, you do this for the for individuals, for people in the community to pull from it. With this Love Decoded uh, campaign that you're doing, what what is your motive? What do you want the people 
the community, your community, or just in general, that are when they view this, what do you want them to get out of it? What is the motivation that you want them to get out of your pieces? So what I'm trying to stimulate or what I'm trying to get going is for people to be more honest about their own life, their own past, their own history, their own story, and their own love, most importantly. And for them to find a way to just be transparent with that. And transparency doesn't mean you go and tell everybody your deepest things or anything that it go. It means that you're transparent with yourself and you're telling, you're being honest with yourself. Like if certain things you don't like, or if certain things you need, you just be, you just be clear and straightforward with that. So that when it comes time to make decisions, you're able to know the best way to kind of move. Um, I guess more of an active prompt that I would, I would want people to do is that um, if, creating is not your thing in terms of drawing or anything like that. Maybe it might be writing or maybe it might be uh, of just taking time to sit and think with yourself and reflecting on that. Reflect on the details. And so maybe create something that focuses on something that you hold dear. Um, maybe take a minute um, a couple minutes a day and, ref and reflect on something that you hold dear and then think about the why. y'all for listening to another episode of the source of zeal podcast i hope y'all enjoyed that remember you can leave your feedback on this episode or any other episodes on our social medias or via email at source of zeal on ig facebook and twitter or via email podcast at source of you can let us know if there's anybody that we should hit up also please rate review subscribe and share this episode we will greatly appreciate it. And everyone, until next time, peace.